Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. It is a very interesting Sunday. All Sundays are interesting in the liturgical calendar, but in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, this Sunday is multi-layered as they are from time to time, because this Sunday is the synaxis of the Archangel Gabriel and also St. John Climacus. What makes it interesting is how the Feast of the Annunciation affects the season of Lent. You see, today, being the synaxis of the Archangel Gabriel, this word synaxis means like a coming together. I, I like to call it a person taking a liturgical bow. <laughs> in other words, what we do in the Byzantine liturgical calendar is that whenever we have a major feast day, which we just did yesterday, that would have been March 25th, that is the feast itself of the Annunciation, major, major feast. The day after, we usually feature one of the main characters in the feast. It's like a drama, an event, a historical drama, a story, because they are. And yesterday, of course, would be the mother of God and Christ, and of course, also the angel Gabriel, who came to the mother of God, saying that she would bear within her the Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus. She would become impregnated by the Holy Spirit. She would give birth while remaining a virgin before, during, and after birth. And this is the beginning of everything. This is the beginning of the incarnation. Without that, there would be no life of Christ on earth. There would be no crucifixion and resurrection that we're moving towards in our season of Lent and Holy Week and Great Week. And this is why in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, we give a certain special priority to the Feast of the Annunciation, regardless of when it falls. It always falls on the 25th of March, but where that falls in Lent will vary. Last year, it fell on Great Friday. And that's an interesting liturgical challenge where we have to combine the importance of that event with the importance of Christ's death on the cross. So it's a very interesting liturgical challenge, but it's something that is necessary because, as I mentioned, and the church fathers knew, that without the Annunciation, which began it all, there would have been nothing else, such as Christ himself walking in this earth, teaching, healing, redeeming, 
dying, rising, ascending, and then sending the Holy Spirit upon us. So this is a major feast, and one of the major players in it, Archangel Gabriel, is commemorated today, the day after the feast itself. So that's why we call this the Synaxis, or in my language, the main characters take a bow, or the supporting actors or actresses take a bow <laughs> as we celebrate the main characters, such as Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Virgin Mary. But also, I mentioned this is the feast day of St. John Climacus. It is designated for the fourth Sunday of Lent because St. John was a great ascetic. That, of course, is what we're doing during Lent. We are practicing ascetical disciplines so as to renew our vision of things, to recapture a more sacramental vision for the things we have pulled back from and have abstained from, and also to master the tyranny of our fallen passions. Well, John was an example of that. He was a great ascetic, and he wrote something called The Ladder of Divine Ascent. And this was written at the request of other monks because he knew that he had such wisdom and such mastery of asceticism that they asked him to write these things down. So he lived in the 6th to the 7th century, and the Ladder of Divine Ascent, was also called the Ladder of Paradise, is one of the spiritual texts that is appointed to be read in the church during Lent. It's very commonly read in monasteries where they have a wonderful practice, which I recommend even to our homes, where they do certain meals in silence. And while they're eating silently, the monks listen to someone reading from a the scripture or from a great spiritual book, such as the Ladder of Divine Ascent, the works of St. John Climacus. During the prayers for this week, the Sunday St. John Climacus, we sing words like this. Most glorious Father John, with the fountain of thy tears, thou hast cleansed thy soul. And by keeping vigils through the night, thou hast gained God's mercy. Thou was raised on wings, O blessed one, to the love of him and of his beauty. And as is right, thou dwellest now in the unending joy, with thy fellow soldiers in the spiritual fight, O holy saint of God. And notice that word, spiritual fight. The great spiritual masters in the East always looked at spirituality as warfare. And that might seem negative, but it's actually a positive, because as we fight against the tyranny of passions, against temptations, through ascetical disciplines, like we're supposed to be doing during Lent, such as prayer, fasting, as we do that, we gain greater self-mastery. We gain greater holiness. We shine more brightly with the light of Tabor, as the Eastern Christians were fond of saying. And that is something that hopefully is happening now to you as we enter now deep, deep into Lent. Next Sunday, we will feature a female ascetic. How's that for equality, huh? <laughs> Today, it's a male ascetic, St. John Climacus. Next week will be St. Mary of Egypt, the female ascetic. Again, similar kinds of examples. Heroic asceticism that led to the shining of the light of Tabor within them. Today, as I mentioned, is the day after the Feast of the Annunciation. We feature the angel Gabriel who came to the Virgin Mary. But because it is the within the Feast of the Annunciation, and because my parish is named after this feast, the Feast of the Annunciation, it's called Annunciation of the Mother of God, Byzantine Catholic Church, and because it is a major sponsor of this program, it always has been, I would like to feature my parish a bit today. And I do that as an example of Eastern spirituality. And as I like to always point out in this program, Eastern spirituality that is relevant 
It needs to touch our lives. It is not something that is just a history lesson, although history is a very big part of understanding the Eastern churches. It is not just a history lesson. We're not just a museum piece or something that is interesting to study. We are a live, living, vital church. Coming from the East, we are vital then to the West. We are the complement, the complementarity that the West needs, just as we in the East need the West. In Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, my particular parish, I am proud to say, although we're supposed to be humble during Lent especially, (laughs) maybe it's a good kind of pride, my particular parish has some things that are relevant, that are living, a concrete example of the application of Eastern Christian spirituality and how that affects not only our own lives, but the lives of others. The story about Annunciation, my particular church, and by the way, it's in Homer Glen, Illinois, which is 30 miles south of downtown Chicago. Many people ask me, where is Homer Glen? Where is your parish? Most people, of course, know where Chicago is, and they've heard of Chicago. So I use that as a reference point. 30 miles south of downtown Chicago. That's Homer Glen. My parish is there. And the parish was really designed upon a vision, a vision that drew upon the reservoir of Eastern Christian spirituality. It was a vision of evangelization, of Eucharist. The story is, is that Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, was really the bringing together of several Byzantine Catholic communities of the Ruthenian jurisdiction. One was St. Mary's, which was in Chicago. One was another St. Mary's, which was in Joliet, Illinois, a neighboring city. And then there was a couple of missions, one in Oaklawn and one in Lyle, Illinois. So both parishes, both St. Mary parishes had their own missions. In other words, they were attempts to move out, follow migration from their original places, and to develop the Eastern spirituality in other regions of the Chicago area, especially where we saw our young people and our future families or future generations moving towards. Well, we knew that we needed to make a big move. Both parishes knew that it was time now to make a move for their future, for the strength of their future. What they did was they went through an important discernment together, both parishes and the missions as well, to determine what would be the best thing to do, what would be the best move to make to perpetuate their communities, to perpetuate their legacy, and to perpetuate this Eastern Christian spirituality that is in the form of the Eastern Catholic Church of the Ruthenian jurisdiction. And the discernment would be based upon knowing who we are, what our value was, where to go, how to evangelize, what is our role in the bigger picture. We took a lot of things into consideration, our past, our present, our future, our current resources of people, clergy, and money. And we put all that together into discernment. In the end, we decided the best thing we could do was to bring this Byzantine Catholic community of the Ruthenian jurisdiction in the Chicago area together into one church, one new church complex, which opened its doors, was officially dedicated in 2000. It was a church of the new millennium, which is one of the reasons we called it Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church. I'm going to talk more about this parish of Annunciation on this time of the Feast of the Annunciation and also the fourth Sunday of Lent when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. 
in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to TaborLife.org. That's TaborLife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at ByzantineCatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. We're talking about the Feast of the Annunciation, which is multi-layered today with the Feast of, or the observance of St. John Climacus, the author of The Latter Divine Ascent, a great ascetical work. Here we are in the fourth Sunday of Lent already. Before going any further, I just want to say hello to some friends out on the West Coast. I was there recently giving talks in the San Francisco and Oakland area, the Bay Area, and also in Portland, Oregon. Or as they taught me to say out there, it's Oregon, Oregon. <laughs> so I want to say hello to all those who hosted me. I had a marvelous time with many of you. I gave lots of talks to all different kinds of groups. I want to say hello especially to Lester San Jose. Lester San Jose. Hello, Lester. Thanks for listening to Light of the East, and it was great meeting you when I was out there in Portland. Thanks for coming to my talks out there in Portland. Thanks to all of you. And if you want to hear more of me and what we do at our Tabor Life Institute, you can contact us by emailing us at taborlife at earthlink.net. Tabor, that's like Mount Tabor, life, taborlife at earthlink.net. The parish that I belong to, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, opened its doors, as I mentioned, in the year 2000. I was the pastor, was there when we built the church, so I had a hand in its building, and also in decorating it with iconography from floor to ceiling, because my background is in art, so it came in handy. So I used my gifts to glorify God and adorn his temple with iconography. And as I mentioned, we had to make a discernment. The Byzantine Catholic community of the Ruthenian jurisdiction had to make a discernment. The whole community in that whole greater Chicago area. We decided to relocate into one particular church. Now, we did this based on certain principles that I offer to other Eastern Christian communities, that 
know they have to do something very similar, but maybe are afraid. But I also offer it as an example of the reality, the relevancy of Eastern Christian spirituality, because we made this discernment, not just on finances and a lot of concrete facts and figures. That, that entered into it, of course, our resources of people, money, and clergy. Yes, we considered those things, but we did it on, based on a vision of three basic things, who we are as an Eastern Christian community, our spirituality, and we looked at three things, a liturgical people, so we wanted to develop a liturgical culture, evangelical, to be evangelical in our particular way, with our particular riches, and to be Eucharistic, which has a lot to do with community. You know, Pope, St. Pope John XXIII said that a, a church, a parish, is like a fountain in a village. And that is really true. It is what we try to be. It was part of our vision. So we relocated and established this Church of Annunciation on a vision. We took all that we could from the past without lingering the past, and we maintained the patronage of our church, our community, under the patronage of the Mother of God. So as both churches were called St. Mary's, one was under the Feast of the Assumption, the other one was under her protection, we decided to retain that, but have a name that was reminiscent and mindful of the reality of our church, opening its doors with a new vision, a new, renewed lease on life right at the beginning of a new millennium, the year 2000. So we thought what was appropriate to combine all those factors was to call it Annunciation, to announce the good news. We figured that's what we're about. We're coming to a new place with a renewed vigor, a renewed vision to announce the good news, to announce who we are as an Eastern Christian people, and to announce the good news, of course, of the gospel. So we chose the name Annunciation. As I mentioned, we wanted to be a church, a parish, a community that believed in being a liturgical culture. In other words, what we have to do in the East, what we tried to do with Annunciation, was to do everything by looking into our liturgy and seeing its vision, what it teaches, what it says, what it calls us to do and to be. And first and foremost, we saw that liturgy, as even Pope Benedict XVI said, that worship liturgy was everything. It's the hub of the wheel. It's the meeting point of everything. It informs all of reality, and it is informed by all of reality. In other words, think of things going in and out of this one hub of liturgy. Everything comes together in liturgy. And so it is the liturgy of the church that teaches us, that gives us the guidance, the instruction, that immerses us in that touch with heaven, that divine reality, that heaven on earth is in the liturgy. Liturgy teaches, informs, and immerses us. It transforms us, and it gives us a vision. And that vision, one that is sacramental, meaning that in the liturgy, we see that the invisible God is made visible through physical realities, which, of course, comes to its fullness, its, its climactic moment in the physicality of bread and wine, which become the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ himself. And we partake of that. We touch God. Heaven and earth are united, especially in a most intimate way that can only be done in the Eucharist. And so from that, the rest of the liturgy and everything about it, the iconography, the candles, the incense, the chant, the architecture, everything is a manifestation 
of an invisible reality, that invisible God, and all of truth that has to do with God, beauty, goodness, love, all of that, which are intangibles, they're invisible realities, but they're real, they're the most real things. Will those most real things become visible, tangible? We can immerse ourselves in it, our whole selves in it, body and soul. That happens only through physicality, through physical things, through paint on a wall that becomes icons, through an architecture with domes that speak of God bending the heavens to draw us to himself, from the smell of incense, from the sound of prayer and the chant of the choir and the cantors. All of that makes manifest the invisible God, makes him real. And if that's what's happening in liturgy, that miracle, that vision cannot be contained. It has to be taken beyond ourselves. And so liturgy would become the vehicle of the next pillar upon which we develop Annunciation Church, and that is evangelization. Everything we do would in some way speak about who we are and about God. Everything would be tinged and touched and toned and tainted with evangelization. Even our big events, the fundraising events like our Prairie Fest, the big event that happens at the second week in August, that is not just a fundraiser, as I always remind our parishioners. It is an evangelical moment. People come, and yes, we try to raise money through that, but we raise money through sharing our riches. What a noble way to raise money. The purpose is not just to raise money. It's an example of how we live in the both and. But let me example of Eastern spirituality, which is both and, never either or. So, yes, it's a festival, it's a fundraiser, but it's also a tool of evangelization where we throw our doors open and we welcome people to come and see who we are and what we're about. Every part of us, we give tours of our prairie, of the interior of the church. The people learn about us at the same time they have fun, which brings me to the third pillar. They have community, which of course is based in the Eucharist. We mentioned before the Eucharist earlier, but the Eucharist is not only about receiving Christ and immersing ourselves into him. The Eucharist, again, gives us a vision of life, of being that fountain in a village, that we are all about community. So we decided that at our liturgy, we would build community. We'd live Eucharist by having one liturgy on Sunday. Many times people ask me, well, what times are your services on Sunday? And they're oftentimes surprised to learn that I only have one liturgy because there's one body, one Christ, one bread, one body. And we become that in the liturgy through the Eucharist. And so we will have one liturgy on Sunday, which is at 10 o'clock at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois. And that brings together the community and strengthens it. We all get to know each other. We become one community. We get a glimpse of heaven where we all we become that one bride of the bridegroom Christ, the wedding feast of the Lamb, as the book of Revelations says to us. But as we're establishing liturgical culture, we also have along with our liturgy, with our Eucharist, we also have much of the rest of the liturgical prayer of the church. On Saturday evening, we have Vespers, not a vigil liturgy, Vespers, the evening prayer of the church prescribed to be in the Eastern churches. Prior to the Eucharist on Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection service, the matin service, the morning prayer of the church. And that then goes into liturgy. 
So there's three main aspects of the liturgical cycle on a weekend in Eastern churches, in the Eastern tradition. Vespers, matins, the morning prayer, and culminating in divine liturgy. So we're trying to pray correctly. We're trying to be a Eucharistic community and one that takes the riches of our liturgical culture and moves outward to touch others. The way we evangelize in the Eastern Church is to draw people to ourselves with what is hopefully an overpowering and alluring sense of truth, goodness, and beauty. Because that's what God is. Those are the pillars upon which Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois was founded. And God has richly blessed us. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab. And on iTunes, Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. More to Life is about living the Catholic difference in our marriages, our families, the way we approach life in general. It's about celebrating life and our Catholic faith and discovering all the ways God wants to bless us and help us be a blessing to others. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!